vape juice. Yay, nay, where do we stand? So, like, maybe my most irresponsible for, like, just, like, truly just a train wreck of of a human in regards to life choices um, would uh, drink, like, shit under the sink if he thought it might fuck him up a little bit. Um, works at one of the companies that distributes the, like, the vape juice for a lot of these companies, and he said, direct quote, I won't touch the stuff. <laughs> And that dude has done drugs that were 92% not the drug he wanted and been like, yo, this shit's fire. So, And he won't like, do I, vape juice. He won't touch vape juice. So I don't really know what that says about vape juice or vaping in general, but... Do you think it's because it's too healthy and it's bad for his image? No. <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's just like, I think he's just genuinely afraid of like what's in the vape juice because maybe he's near it. Like maybe if he was like wherever they were stepping on the cocaine he was trying to ingest, he probably wouldn't be into that either. But like, you know, ignorance is bliss, I guess, for him. But yeah, because he works, he's like, I won't do that. No. I would, this is not the direction I thought that story was going. And I thought you're going to say like, oh, he just takes his old like cranberry juice like uh, containers and fills them up with vape juice and brings them home. <laughs> <laughs> Shotguns them. Yeah, you gotta dilute it like cold brew concentrate and then Yeah. <laughs> two parts water. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I just, you know, I started dating someone who vaped, and then, you know, it's like before you know it, you've been dating six months and it's like shit, I've I what was an occasional hit is now like I this is kind of I've never bought one for myself, but now it's like a part of my lifestyle. I didn't mean for that to happen. <laughs> You're one of those. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've never bought it for myself. I'm a moocher, yeah. It's it's wild how nicotine works, huh? It's almost like it's addictive. Yeah. But, yeah, vaping, I feel like vaping is a, uh, it's a different aesthetic than a cigarette. Like, if you're talking about aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I always said I would be able to, like, fully kick it when I could watch, like, kick the habit when I watched a movie and someone was smoking a cigarette and I wasn't, like, I want a cigarette. That day has never come. I don't know, man. Have you ever watched Reservoir Dogs? Yeah, smoking looks very cool. It is sort of undeniable. Yeah, it's yeah. Like he's chopping off an ear. Like the other, like the accessory to that is a cigarette. I don't know. Yeah, when when I can watch a movie <laughs> where all the characters vape, and I no longer crave, and a it's hit. not laughable. <laughs> has, yeah, has that shown up anywhere? Where like. Or is it like, I feel like it's like derided probably if it does show up, yeah. like people make fun of it. But like, has anyone ever been like, like tried to do like a full vape aesthetic? This is cool on film, like in a big movie, not like fucking social shit. I don't know. The only one that I remember is True Detective season two when like, I forget the the woman that's in it that's like Colin Farrell's partner. And McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Yes, Rachel McAdams. Thank you. And like she vapes and she's like, I'm trying to quit. And. Colin Farrell goes like, looks like you're sucking a robot's cock. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, this, this show isn't going to get any better from here, is it? And it didn't. <laughs> that was the peak. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's the aesthetic, unfortunately. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I know it's not cool. I, and I do it like, it's like, that's like a thing you do when you're like, well, it's actually really fun. When you're watching a horror movie. You hit that shit the right time. You get and the you get rush. your own little like fog juice. Yeah. You're like, oh, God. Yeah. No, not for the fog. It's for the, the <laughs> feeling inside your head. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I've often wondered what would happen if you soaked a pair of jeans in vape juice. 
You know, like you're giving him the dip, like in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like you get these like evil jeans that are like a villain. You're you're soaking some jeans soon, right, Albert? Yeah. We may have some crossover here. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> but I I am the proud owner of a pair of 1980s new old stock 501s I got on eBay. The measurements made them seem like they were a little bigger than my size, but they came in and they're just like dead on in the waist. Um, so there is this predicament where I reached out to the great denim mines at Heddles asking everyone what they thought I should do. Because conventionally, for those of you who don't know, you would buy something a little bigger than your size. Although now modern 501s, if you get them like a size up in your waist, they'll just stretch out to be too big after you've worn them for a while. So usually wear something in your size that's too long. Soak it in hot water, warm water. It shrinks down to fit you really well. Then you wear it back out. So now I'm in the position of having these jeans that fit kind of great right now. And I'm a little wor- I had to pop the tags because I'm a fucking psycho and I need to wear new things. Um, so I'm wearing, I think what we decided on, and I don't know if you guys think this makes sense, is that I will wear them raw for as long as possible to stretch them out. And then it's going to have to be the sitting in the bathtub soak, I think, so they don't get too small. Yes. Like, yeah, which I've yeah, always resisted I- doing. I completely endorse the sitting in the bathtub while wearing them. That is the most meme-worthy way of of soaking your jeans. Mm-hmm. And I think you can squeeze some great content out of that. Wow, Reed. What are, what's going through your head? Reed is in pain right now. Because you guys go through pain to wear the clothes. Like, it's just like there's so many clothes that don't require. Like, I fully respect that these are going to be a great pair of jeans. And Albert is genuinely like, like his his bio says, like, truly one of the the top pant wears around mm-hmm. um well now my bio says pushing pants push, okay never push mind. I, apo- I apologize <laughs> to misrepresent the bio um but he he is he is a pant like uh auteur like wearing i don't know about making never seen you do that but um it just seems like so much work for for something that like i genuinely have never thought about like i just like have just like bought pants and put them on which, uh, and then, and then I just wash them and like, I normally don't dry them, but that's just like mostly because I rarely have dryers in my, yeah, I don't know. It just seems easy to hang them, but like, I, I'm so, I still think like, and I know I am very much like out of my fucking depth here. I almost commented when you were asking for advice, Albert, just stitch some elastic in there. But I was like, I feel like I'm just going to bring on the hordes. Uh, if, if I recommend that, um, but yeah, no, that's, what's going through my head is like, this just seems like so much for, I know you love it and we should work hard for the things we love, but, but like, I'm, I'm wearing some nylon shorts right now, um, that I, that I've not had to tub soak and like walk around. Like I just accidentally fell into a river or something, uh, for the next little bit. You're missing am out. I, but am I? That's what I'm wondering. Like, is like, is the fight? Are these going to be the jeans? Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Reed. And I think I think a less moderate person, like the less moderate person I used to be, would never have even worn nylon shorts. And now I'm at least at a point in my life where I'm like, yeah, when the jeans are on, they're on. But when they're off, I'm wearing sweatpants. I'm wearing sweatshorts. I'm wearing. 
oh, I'm going to get some Gramichi like purple Trek shorts, you know, like there we go. I like <laughs> I'm like I'm I am I'm evolving. I'm not the like freak I was in college where I was like pretty psycho about this. But the thing that is so exciting to me is it's like. And this is so stupid and nerdy, but it's what I like. It's just that I feel like you're like participating in this process that like just generations of people have done and then like to think about like to watch like any great movie from the 80s when someone's wearing jeans and i'm like i own those and those they always fit so like tight so i'm like i'm doing some fucking like i like you know it's like to get that look you gotta kind of fight it and uh mm-hmm. it's not intensely uncomfortable and like i mean well it is a little uncomfortable but it won't be that way for for that much longer it's like a few more days and we're in the clear and uh I know it's crazy. I know there's no like logical explanation for it. No, by the way, like if that's the look you're going for, I genuinely like I, I far more respect you than someone who's just like rocking leggings that look like denim, like with all the elastane mm-hmm. or spandex mm-hmm. or whatever in there. And like, I also know that I'm not coming from a position of strength here. Like first off, everything has managed to swerve into my lane, which is fantastic. Like, I'm just like, oh, like amazing. I can wear nylon shorts all the time. Like I'm nine years old again, just like begging to wear Umbro shorts or some shit to fucking elementary school. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think like, this is, this is always where I've just like, and working at union made, like I would, this is like when I would like tap out when people would start asking me these questions. Cause I'd just be like, oh man, I don't know. We've got some rinsed ones that don't, you, you're good. Like you don't need to, you don't need to run with that. Like check out the rinse pair. Oh, that's no fun though. See, like, that's what, this is, this is where... You got to go in your denim lab. Yeah. See, this is where I'm, like, I'm radically unqualified. I don't know how I'm, this is, like, where I'm, like, how am I, like, like, how am I here? What did I do? Welcome back to Blowout. Me, Reed, Albert, all here, back in our respective homes. No longer operating motor vehicles, no longer out of office. We're, we're all here, doing well, feeling good. The, the fair assessment? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not in a vehicle. Aren't we all in the vehicle of our lives? Doing well, feeling good. Okay, thank you. As you know, the cotton may be the fabric of our lives. <laughs> but fabric... Maybe the act of our lives, for those of us involved in the garment, produc- uh, garment production industry. You, you heard about this, the new Fabric Act? I'm going to put on baggies off screen while you guys talk about this. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they love to do, they, like, they just love a related uh, acronym. Mm, this, one's a, this one's a stretch. You, you ready for this one? They always are stretches. They like exclude four words and somehow. Oh, this they're... is an extreme stretch. Okay. Let's do it. Hit me with it. This is more of a stretch than Albert needs on those pants. <laughs> Last week, New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand announced a new piece of legislation that would address labor concerns and workers' rights in the U.S. garment industry. The Fashioning Accountability and Building Real Institutional Change Fabric Act was introduced to the Senate on May 12th with Senator Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders as co-sponsors. So it's fashioning accountability and building real institutional change. Fabric. Mmm. 
Genius. Expert thesaurus work. Yeah. Of just like what aide gets that responsibility of like, or does the the senator just say, I wanted to be named this, and then they like reverse engineer it. So you get the <laughs> words in out. there. <laughs> Fashioning accountability and building real institutional change. Only that fake institutional change. The word real. <laughs> Keep it real here. The next day, Gillibrand held a press conference in New York City's garment district. Quote. Every single day, every one of us starts the morning getting up and getting dressed. What are we going to wear? But the question we don't ask ourselves is, what did it take to make the clothes that I'm going to wear? The answer to that question is an answer we don't want to hear, she told the small crowd gathered on the floor of Ferrera Manufacturing. The reality is that the people who make our clothes are too often not employed fairly or treated fairly or paid fairly for their work in an industry that's vital to our economy and our daily lives. It's an unacceptable reality that we have to address head on. So I like the sentiment because, you know, I mean, I do have that thought, though, of like, what did it take to make the clothes that I'm going to wear? I feel like we may be in the minority of that, but it is a question more people should be asking. And I like the sentiment, but we've heard this a lot in the past. This is you know, some like grade A level greenwashing from like a a, a company like um, oh god, I'm blanking on the name of the the basics one that made the basketball court in China. Everlane. Everlane. Thank you. Anytime I can send to them. <laughs> of course, please. Thank you. So, like, what is the what does the Fabric Act actually do that these uh, senators want us to believe will will bring this real institutional change? I'd love to know. Fabric Act has five main points. One, to end peace rates, creating productivity incentives for workers on top of hourly minimum wage pay. So that's good. We've talked about this with uh, SB 62 and like uh, the Garment Worker Protection Act ending peace rates. Um, two, to institute liability measures for brands that hold them and their manufacturing partners accountable for their labor practices. Three, Establish new record-keeping and transparency measures, such as National Registry of Garment Manufacturers at the Department of Labor. Four, to encourage brands to bring their garment manufacturing back to the U.S. through various tax incentives. And five, to introduce grants for companies that manufacture domestically. So, seems like some, some decent things on the surface level, but, I mean, just to break those down... Like, at first you said the peace rates part is fairly straightforward and follows what California just did with the Garment Work Protection Act last year. So, like, peace rates, we've talked about this before. It's like when you get paid, like, per shirt, cuff, sewn, uh, or whatever, and factory owners can use this to pay workers way below the minimum wage because they aren't being paid hourly. Um, so the the text of the bill specifies that, like, it uh, doesn't spe- specify factory size. So this is, like, literally everybody that you could have no more piecework in the United States as a whole. Um, which is pretty cool, because usually there's a carve-out for, like, oh, only factories that employ, like, 500 or more people are subject to this stuff. Um, so, yeah, this might be kind of a nightmare for smaller manufacturers, but honestly, it's a good thing. Uh, and two, liability measures for brands. So, like, what are the teeth in this thing for violations? That I, I read the text of the bill. It's like 30 pages long and like written in not super wonky language. So this one, the, the section is any person who violates section eight of like the piecework stuff 
shall be liable for such legal or equitable relief as may be appropriate to effectuate the purposes of such section, including the payment of wages lost and an additional equal amount as liquidated damages. So that one's a little fuzzy, but like it does give some like effort for uh, remuneration for workers that aren't paid fairly. Um, I mean, it's not a thing that like I wish it would say like, okay, you're going to get fined X amount of dollars or something or like face these penalties. But I mean, at least workers have like some recourse to get their money back if they're underpaid by these new laws. To next to establish new record keeping and transparency measures. So like, cool, probably a good thing to have all these manufacturers registered at the Department of Labor so regulators can check up on them intermittently. A little ridiculous that this wasn't already a thing and that like the government didn't know about every manufacturer. Well, and uh, like, I mean, I think a large part of this is ultimately amending like a 1938, like fair labor standards, yeah, labor standards, right? Act. It's like, mm -hmm. like we're, we're 70, 80 years down the road. I have no idea how to do math right now. Is that 80, 84 years down the road? That At is 84 point, years down the road. Yeah. Like there's like some serious shit that's happened in the intermittent years. Um, give and, or take. Yeah. Yeah. And, and update, updating like worker protections hasn't been one of them in uh in large instances so yeah the fact that there's no record keeping is both uh surprising and also like completely expected this is like when you watch uh like a serial killer documentary on netflix and they're like back in the day the police departments didn't tell each other if someone was murdered in the town over you know it's like, <laughs> yeah, they're, like they're like actually they didn't even keep each other's phone numbers handy <laughs> Yeah, it is something like that. It's, it's good that you pointed out because, yeah, this is a lot of amending to the Fair Labor uh, Standards Act of 38, which is like this is the biggest amendment that there has been to it in the last 84 years, if this passes. So it, it's very ridiculous that like even these extremely basic things need to be uh, amended. Um, but good. It is good. I, I think we're on board with it so far. And then... Next is uh, tax incentives. So, like, you know, tax incentives are things that are, that are thrown around quite a bit, but, like, what is it actually talking about in practice? Of The relevant section here is, for purposes of Section 38, the insourcing expenses credit for any taxable year is an amount equal to 30% of the eligible insourcing expenses of the taxpayer, which are taken into account in such taxable year under subsection D. So 30% tax credit, not bad. Like 30% off of your tax bill for like all things that you're going to spend in like rehiring American laborers and like fixing up your American manufacturing. I think that's good, but like 30%, I'm not entirely sure that that's going to cut it in terms of the premium that you'd have to pay to manufacture things domestically. 30% doesn't seem like it'll offset the difference, which is like typically around, I don't know, like 25% at like retail. The difference between it and like the tax of 30% is going to represent maybe like less than actually 5% of the retail price of a garment. So I feel like this is a good like gesture, but maybe a bit more symbolic than, uh, you know, making it like 50% or like 100% or we'll pay you to make manufacture clothes in the United States. Just like, you know, what we do for the corn industry or subsidizing gasoline. So I don't know. I don't know what a good number is. I'm not an economist, uh, nor do I want to be, but 30% seems a little bit slim. But 
seems a good bit more generous than the grant section. So grants, grants are good. We like grants, free government money going out to people supposedly doing good things. But uh, the the grants uh, section here is uh, starts in awarding grants under this section to eligible entities. The secretary shall give priority to eligible entities. A with a workforce that is covered by collective bargaining agreement, so like unionized workforce, that's good. Um, B, that is certified in a state with such eligible entity operates as a minority-owned business, woman-owned business, or veteran-owned business. That also seems decent. Or C, who have operated as a garment manufacturer within the United States for more than five years, so we don't have a lot of fly-by-night people. It seems good. Amount. The amount of a grant awarded under this section may not be more than $5 million and can be used on investments in training and workforce development for employees within the garment industry, uh, the acquisition of relevant tools and equipment for garment manufacturing in the United States, the acquisition of and capital improvements to facilities for garment manufacturing in the United States, and to promote the health and safety of employees in such facilities, or efforts to assist in educating employees about rights under this act and all of the relevant federal, state, or local laws. Main. A little less good that I think it would have been nice if you could like actually spend this on like salaries for uh, manufacturers too, but like five million dollars potentially to spend on improvements of manufacturing facilities and like I mean, what company is going to spend the money on educating their employees? Like what uh, about how laws may be used to benefit them? I feel like that's that's an incredibly naive thing to put in there and like no one's going to use that, but it is good. It would be a relevant thing to do. Um, but like especially as we're seeing the crackdown on like unionization efforts at Amazon and Starbucks and other areas, like no company's going to want to do that. Um, but the, the real kicker is uh, the there is authorized to be appropriated 40 million dollars to carry out this section. So the total like pool of money for grants, like $5 million or less, is only $40 million bucks, which I mean may sound like a lot, but that is a like sneeze in the wind in this business. And I'm sure it'll help like a couple people get off their feet. But like na for a nationwide bill, this is like nothing. Um Yeah, I don't know. Even something like four hundred million dollars would have seemed like inadequate to me to revitalize American manufacturing facilities. That said, don't need to like shit on it entirely just because of that point, because even the piecework thing would be a huge step forward. Um, and good bill overall, and also nice to see like this coming in a wave of garment bills, making it safer and more livable to be a garment worker in this country, like the Garment Worker Protection Act in California and the transparency uh, in manufacturing bill that's going through the New York State Assembly right now. Um, uncertain, however, if the introduction of new regulations will make more domestic manufacturers just decide to offshore rather than deal with it, especially if there aren't enough incentives for them to stick around. Um, but, I mean, it's bad policy to have those unlimited, uh, unlivable jobs in the states anyways, so it's probably a net positive. And I think there might actually be enough, like, truly bipartisan will to get this thing going for all the like i don't know made in america uh like hawks on the the right that may just like pass something like this without thinking about it feels like a net positive i don't know do we have any thoughts on this i vacillated yeah if i was gonna turn my spinal tap thing like up to uh 
skepticism meter up to 11 here. Uh, I would say that like, just given sort of like the pace of these things and the, the likelihood that anything could theoretically pass anyway, it's like an easy way to build goodwill on a couple sides of things. Like you can endorse it as a brand and know that it's probably not going to make it through for a few years. Um, but otherwise, I mean, it's a good bill in, in text. Like, I think it's awesome. I have no idea what the fuck it'll be amended to. Um, pretty sure that grant will be the first thing to go. Pretty easy compromise to make. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think ultimately, like, even if it becomes like a national, like, piecework ban or something like that, like, things like that, I think would be a net positive. I think ultimately, like, if it's framed as a giant win, if it's hacked apart, it sucks. But like, yeah, I mean, that would be a big win. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bringing jobs back to America—that's that's the Amazing, blowout right? seal of endorsement here. We give it uh, three shrugs up. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for Policy Corner today. We will be right back with something a little more fun uh, after a quick break here. Blowout. And we have a sponsor for this quick ad break from Science and Kindness Denim Repair. Whether your jeans fit so well they are wearing out or need some adjustments to truly earn your love, Science and Kindness Denim Repair understands. Discreet crotch repairs? Yeah. Shishiko? Yeah. Chain stitch embroidery? Yeah. Union specials? Yeah. Period correct big E patches? Yeah. They go hard when it comes to your jeans. But it's not hard to get things taken care of, usually within two weeks. No wait list, no judgment. Just your jeans. Better. By mail-in or drop-off in St. Paul, Minnesota. At Science and Kindness on Instagram to see our work. Scienceandkindness.net for an estimate to get started. And a free chain-stitch hem and repair service discounts for all Heddles Plus members. Science and Kindness. Less yikes. I was doing the, the Vince McMahon meme. Yeah, I was seeing that. <laughs> Welcome back. Thought on the back side of this episode, we get into the, the lighter side of things and the lighter side of all things denim. And to answer the question, why is denim inherently funny to make into other things that are not usually made out of denim? Reed, I believe you were the one that, that brought uh, this to our attention. Yeah, I honestly don't know. I mean, I'm sure it was just like in my late night Twitter death spiral. Uh, I'm guessing is where I saw this. I like genuinely can't remember at this point who posted it. Um, but yeah, no, I saw I saw a uh, Juve and Jillos. Mm-hmm. Should be I, like a duvet and pillows, but yeah, they, they I believe look like they're made out of jeans. Technical term. <laughs> I think the most impressive part about the Juve in particular was the giant fucking pocket that they had stitched <laughs> on there. Argue it free, um, mm-hmm. which at first was glaring. No yeah, well, no, yeah, at first it was glaring to me, and then, but then I was also like, why would you want to invite judgment on your taste in denim, right? You just like want someone to assess, assess the totality of the project, not be like sitting there being like, you know, I'm just like, I'm not a huge fan of fill in the blank, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And you don't want to freestyle that shit. No, no, you don't want to, like, maybe you could have like a little pillow as the arcuate. You could have a like a like a little Z could be the arcuate for like your your duvet cover jean pocket. 
I don't know. There, there's ways to go, but yeah, plane was was certainly the least uh, controversial take on it. Yeah, I'm but, trying to think of a good way to do. It. I mean, I guess you could have used like whatever that like fucking baroque ass roping that you used to see on fancy fancy comforters in like Bridgerton times, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, beyond the Juve and Jillos, we've also got Jung glasses, Jutes, Jamp shades, Jouches. Jairs, jean bags, guitars, and some denim shoes. You won't say it. You can say it. I don't. I'm not going to say it. Can't, I can say Jews. That's fine. Okay. First Great, off, it's OES, so it's like Joe's. And second off, I'm allowed to. <laughs> what about uh, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal? Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal. <laughs> So if you have a, a denim Jake Gyllenhaal like voodoo <laughs> doll there on your, on your nightstand, I'm not asking questions because I don't want one of me. I don't want a Javid jock to, to end up <laughs> right next to him. We had a we had a, a Jair at Union Made mm. in the warehouse. Mm. It was just like Ernie used it as a giant ass bed. My dog used it as a huge bed. But uh, in the Jair house? In the Jair house. <laughs> I mean, it had so much fucking denim in there. Holy shit. Yeah, fair. I don't know. When did it when did it get to be funny though? Like we were we were asking. Like when did it start know. happening? Like what what is one to make of all this? Because I feel like it's tied with internet culture, but I feel like uh-huh. denim is inherently funnier than other fabrics. <laughs> and I don't know if that's because of its like ubiquity or there's something like in its nature that uh makes it feel that way how many fabrics does a normal person know you got right? corduroy you got khaki you got but, khaki, but khaki is not a you know that's that's like fudging it for the consumer will you know like the, the average yeah. consumer like just they say oh that's khaki right but like i think it's just one you of the got very- t-shirt material i mean jersey if you're us jersey uh <laughs> it's it's got to be from from jorts right like the fact that like someone called like like the <laughs> fact that like denim shorts are like pretty derided like mm-hmm. not cutoffs like cutoffs are your thing like, like and by the way like i don't even think jorts are that bad but it's just like I, they're not for me but yeah i feel like that's probably like where it started but now it feels like it just like an entirely like, just like a Julia Fox like expanded universe thing, right? Like, you know, in a way. Yeah, it just feels like something, it is like the common clay of of uh America that you can make anything out of it. So like why not? That that I, I think it just has more personality than almost any other type of clothing, and it's somewhat mm-hmm. anthropomorphic in that way, because like there is like the the fading and the like molding to your body. And when, like, denim does other things it's not supposed to, it's sort of like, you know, like a, a dog wearing sunglasses type of thing. You know, like, it's, it thinks it's people of like, oh, the jeans thinks it's a bed. That's funny. Or like, you know, a chimpanzee smoking a cigarette to go back to our, uh, our <laughs> opening discussion. And I think, like, seeing that contrast of like, oh, the denim thinks it's, it's like... Uh, you know, a couch. 
is is inherently it, it's it's comedic. Reed, what's it going to take for me to get you in some jorts? Oh, I don't think it'd be that hard. I think the right, just the right pair would need to speak to me. Like a 36 waist cinched with like twine. <laughs> Something, yeah. Yeah, like just some billowy, not long though. I don't, want, I don't want long. I don't want like those like. No, no, no. Like bejeweled things that Capital did this year. Um, again, not for me. Agreed, David. I think it's also like why this 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 quality of it that I think that like in terms of apparel like with a straight face it, like denim only works as like a shirt a jacket or a pair of pants that mm-hmm. like denim hats denim shoes um those don't really work for me denim ties denim like pocket squares or wallets and things like that it's like eh, it doesn't really work do it for me but like mm-hmm. that's also why it's funnier than other fabrics and putting these like fish out of water situations well it's also never raw denim right like no, it's always it like, like you don't see like you don't see some like unsamphorized raw boots <laughs> they're all they're faded to shit mm-hmm. yeah or i feel like a lot of the comedy denim that we see is like a pretty midwash too right kind of like a marbly midwash you see yeah too true true yeah, there's something like uh, hearkening back to like 20 years ago looking denim. But yeah. There are some other things that I would like to see denimed mm-hmm. that I think a computer would be nice. <laughs> I, would, I would appreciate the denim computer. Uh, same with like uh, crockery, jelates, and jowls, joels, and uh, 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 jixture frames. <laughs> That's, those are the... That's what I came up with for things that I would like to see denim that I think would be, uh, would make me laugh, would make me smile. That's a viability sandwich. No one putting jeans on a ball. Jeans can't be a ball. I mean, they can be sunglasses. <laughs> you can epoxy them and like, uh, oh, I guess you're away. right. I guess you're right. I didn't think about the epoxy part. There you go. I, I That's how it. you get junk glasses. Triple. Or you just paint them, make them look like it. But yeah, did, was there a jable? Did we have one of those? A Jaffe jable? A Jaffe? No, I, we we do not have a Jaffe Jable yet. I, I'd take a Jaffe Jable. Would Jerkenstocks suck? Jerkenstocks. <laughs> I don't even the know. Name's like good a, enough if it might work, right? Like, like legitimate question. Would Jerkenstocks suck? No, they jerk. <laughs> like Boston's. I'm not fucking Arizona's. You wouldn't be able to tell. You got to have enough of a canvas. I mean, I guess you can go Zerk, but they don't make them anymore. I mean, the denim shoes that I put in there look kind of like Boston's or no, the dunk, Jostens. The, the dunks are great. Like the SB, like those are great. But, yeah, you, uh, you can keep caping for them. I will. Don't worry. You just can't wear them with jeans. Then you're just like, that's a bizarre thing to do. Um, yeah, I think I think it's Jerkenstocks and a Jaffe Jable for me. Or Jicrophone. I think I think when David returns from his trip, we'll have a microphone on deck for you. Thank you. Uh-huh. I can rub my face up against and fade. Just wrap that wow. shit in it. <laughs> See where my speech pattern hits. A jotter bottle. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> a Joffy mug. <laughs> yeah, just... Joffy jug to put on your Joffy table. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next to your Jaffe Jable joke. Uh, <laughs> oh, see, now, oh. now we're getting somewhere. Like a, a, a joke. Just, Have you guys- just something you could wrap everything in. <laughs> Did you guys see the that new Oscar Isaac movie with Tiffany Haddish? It's like about gambling and stuff. Oh, the the jar jounter? No, I haven't yeah, the seen jar that jounter. one. Uh, is anyone planning on seeing it? I have a screener for it, but I haven't I seen it yet. Are you about, about to spoil the, the jar jounter for us? No, there's just one detail I want it that will be useful for our conversation. Go. This is becoming too long a walk for this story. Yeah, okay. No, entirely for some reason, it. for some reason, his character like he stays exclusively in motels and he like wraps everything in like white cloth, like all the furniture, like really wraps it in white cloth. And so I'm just imagining someone's house, but yeah, just doing that with denim. That'd be a good prank on you, David. Before you, David. <laughs> See, wrapping stuff in like white uh, cotton, it's like, oh, this person has a disorder. There's something wrong with them. They need help. <laughs> Someone wrapping things in denim, like, oh, this is a fun person. They're like a little eccentric, but they're just out here to have a good time. You guys, the jar was staring us right in the face, or the just. And we the just never, we just never, we never jumped on it. There like, was a said, jar. The, uh, the, someone, the denim oh, gremlin yeah. from 1973. They made the, the seats out of jeans. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a wrap external. Oh, a wrap. Like I'm talking like like an SFMTA bus, but like just like a full full denim wrap instead of an ad wrap, or like like the way that Supreme did the L, just do but with denim. The Jubway. The Jubway. <laughs> the J the train on the Jubway. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. now the we're J-train. there. Train. We got there. We hit, <laughs> we hit the natural conclusion. Um. Well. If you have your own den imagination ideas uh, or any questions, comments, concerns, uh, read, where can people send them? Blowout at heddles.com. Dot jom. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, thank you to Science and Kindness for sponsoring us. You can find them at scienceandkindness.net or at scienceandkindness on Instagram. Heddles Plus members get a free chain stitch hem and discounts on their repairs. Um, Albert, we got some stuff at the shop. That's right, David. We have a uh, two new old stock gung ho styles. Uh, gung ho, for those of you who don't know, is an old Stan Ray brand that was made at the Stan Ray factory in Texas. And we have some uh, really, two really cool styles: a uh, a like B, uh, BDU tr- trouser, by which you mean kind of a, a military style cargo pant, and an olive uh, twill. And then we have a pleated khaki um, trouser, which is really surprisingly versatile and cool. Not like a lame pleated khaki. It's a cool khaki. It, it is a cool pleated khaki. And these are like legit old stock. Like they got that old funk to them. And they got that like been sitting on the shelf for like 20 or 30 years mystique. You're going to love them. Mm-hmm. Just let and them air out gone, when they get home. Gone. Yeah, yeah once they're, they're gone, they're gone. But uh, thank you for that, Albert. That can be found at shop.heddles.com. 10% off with code BLOWOUT. And 20% off for all you Heddles Plus members. You can get your subscription at heddles.plus in your browser. Thank you very much for joining us. And thank you for joining me, Dreed and Jalbert. We will catch you all next week. Jai. <laughs>